Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of May Contain Traces of Soy, podcast all about surviving and thriving on a plant-based zero-waste lifestyle. I'm your host, Rochelle, and if you're new around here, just click that subscribe button or that follow button. Um, if you are on iTunes today, please leave us a little review or a rating. We'd really love to know what you think of the podcast, and it really helps to push the podcast up so that more people see it and hopefully spread that eco-friendly, plant-based, non-judgmental message. Also, just a little correction from last week's episode, Last week, we discussed our favorite plant-based burgers, and we mentioned the Brisbane vegan-friendly bar, um, Arcade Bar Netherworld. So if you live in Brisbane, you probably already know that bar, and if you're ever traveling here, just head to Fortitude Valley and check out Netherworld. They have the most amazing vegan menu, craft beers, board games, and arcade games. Netherworld was one of the most responsible venues in Brisbane during the beginning of the COVID-19 outbreak. They closed well before it was a requirement for the sake of public safety. And they have now reopened for takeaway drinks. And I think food is not too far behind. So follow their Instagram, their Facebook for updates on that. And just go give them some love. Um, I highly recommend the cauliflower wings. They are so good. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. I am so psyched that you're here listening today. In this episode, we are going to be answering a question and doing a shout out for a listener. In case you're new around here, we release episodes every single week, usually on Saturdays, and we do shout outs on the show where you, the listener, can get in touch and ask us questions. You know, you can suggest episodes, you'd like to hear topics you want us to talk about, guests you want to listen to. So if you have a suggestion, a question, or a guest recommendation, head over to Instagram, DM us, we are May Contain Traces of Soy, and we will do a shout out for you on the next show. So this week's episode topic comes from at Benny Cole AU, who is both a friend and a listener. And he wanted to know a little bit more about my vegan story, why I'm vegan, how I went vegan. Um, yeah, just the whole kind of background on that. So thank you for the suggestion, Benny. Now, if you've listened to my first episode, my top five tips for new vegans, then you would have heard a little bit about this. But I did pretty much gloss over the story with a couple of lines of explanation. And in that episode, I say I've been vegan for six months. Now it is closer to eight months. And I did it for sustainability reasons, which is true. That's where it started. Um, 
But this is not the first time that I've been vegan. Before we get into today's episode, just a heads up, a content warning and a trigger warning for you. I will be talking about body image issues, fat phobia and eating disorders. So if any of that is going to upset you, if you're going to find that triggering, just, you know, turn the podcast off now, catch up with us next week. Otherwise, let's forge ahead. About 11 years ago, when I was 21, I was very into eco-activism. I worked for the Wilderness Society at the time, and I was a big animal lover. And I just couldn't justify eating animals anymore or supporting an industry that was causing so much harm to the earth when my whole life revolved around trying to stop that kind of thing. So I went vegan. Now, I am not a small person. I'm not even a medium-sized person. I am a tall and large person. And I grew up being teased about my weight and getting put on all different kinds of diets. I don't think I ever had body dysmorphia, and I don't want to minimize the intensity of living with that disease. I never looked in the mirror and saw someone so much larger than I was. I was just kind of used to being big. And when you've always been big or fat, you are kind of used to it. So I go vegan at 21 for the animals and the earth, and I rapidly start to drop weight. I'm not under eating at this stage or counting calories as I had been trained to my entire life. I'm just eating vegan. In about three months, I lost 15 kilos. By six months in, I lost 25 kilos, and that was where the scale stopped moving. It was really interesting. Um, Everyone I had ever known, family, friends, acquaintances, they all congratulated me. When I'd run into people that I hadn't seen for a while, the shock on their face was visible. Um, And, you know, I don't think I've ever experienced so much praise for anything else in my life. You know, I not when I got accepted into a study abroad program with a full scholarship, not when I landed my dream job six months shy of graduating from my degree, not when I got engaged to my beautiful partner, Daniel. It was as though there being less of me made me more likable. And it wasn't just friends or family. I started to notice shop assistants were nicer to me. They talked to me when I walked into their stores. They helped me. People in the street were nicer to me. It was just as though I was suddenly more acceptable to the world, um, being smaller. Now, I hadn't gone vegan to lose weight. It just happened. But once the praise started to roll in and the world started to feel much nicer than it had, I started to enjoy that response from my weight loss that I was getting. And I should explain that even though I had lost 25 kilos, I was still a large person. I was still an Australian size 14 to 16. I was 5'7 and weighed 85 kilos. So in essence, I was still fat. And that was the advice that I received from my doctor and from the specialist that I saw. I had been considering at the time getting a breast reduction surgery. So I had booked in and gone to see this specialist and discuss the possibility of getting a breast reduction. When I saw him and he, you know, weighed me and did all the other stuff, he basically said, you're obese and I won't do the surgery unless you lose another 20 kilos. So... Being that I was getting this advice and the scale had stopped moving, I thought, well, I guess I'm not healthy and I need to work on being healthier if I want to do this surgery. So I started to reduce what I was eating and, you know, scale back how many calories I was having in a day. Um, So I just gradually started to eat less and less, hoping to dwindle my body down to a healthy weight and I would lose five kilos and then it would stop there and then the scale would start creeping back up. 
So that was when this kind of obsessiveness crept in, um, where I would really sort of, I would count everything I was eating. I would deliberately not eat. So, you know, I, I was like, well, I probably only need this much food a day. And I started to skip meals. And then from there, I kind of got used to, I guess, that feeling of being a bit empty and a bit, um, yeah, just being hungry. I got used to being hungry and I kind of felt like in a way that was, I guess, a badge of honor, that feeling of emptiness and hunger, which is really, I mean, that's just textbook eating disorder stuff. Um, but I was young and I, I really didn't understand that at the time. By the end of this period where I had started to under eat, I was under eating for probably close to a year. By the time I got to the end of that, I was only eating one salad sandwich a day and I was fainting all the time. I can remember being over at a friend's place and we arrived there and we walked up the stairs and as I walked through um, her doorway, I just fainted walking through the doorway and I woke up on the couch. Um, I can remember doing the dishes at another friend's house and just fainting. Um, I can remember so many times that I fainted. It's really worrying that it didn't occur to me at that point that I was not eating enough food to, you know, look after my body and run my body the way it should be run. But I guess it just didn't. Um, so my hair started to thin as well. I'm fainting all the time. I'm only eating one salad sandwich a day. Uh, basically I was really unwell and obviously, and I want to make this 100% clear, this was not the result of being vegan. This was the result of an eating disorder. It was about not having enough nutrients for my body to run and not looking after myself. But to my friends and my family and everyone who knew me, I didn't seem skinny enough to have an eating disorder. So it wasn't something they considered. Everyone in my life just figured it must be because I was vegan. And I guess I didn't really believe that I had an eating disorder either. We just don't really expect um, people with eating disorders to look fat. We don't expect the fat girl to have an eating disorder. So yeah, they just, they credited it to that. And I guess I allowed myself to be convinced it was, you know, my veganism because that's what everyone was telling me. So after two years of being vegan and a year of under eating, I, I stopped, um, because I'd been really unwell. Fast forward nine years it's September 2019 and I've grown a lot as a human being and as a woman and I am body positive and I am aware of my previous issues and I have unpacked a lot of shit. The climate change protests have been making waves at the time and, you know, there were kids walking out of school, the Extinction Rebellion protests were blocking the streets in the city and demanding action and the vegan protesters like Anonymous for the Voiceless were confronting the public with the horrors of the animal agricultural industry. I would say, and I'm not saying that I completely agree with the methods of social disobedience and protests that were staged by these groups. I think that that is a whole other conversation around appropriate protests and our approach to activism. But I think that it just really got me thinking about everything. There was this palpable change in the air around that time. And I think the combination of these movements started to affect my thinking. And I started to question my own choices. You know, if I care about the animals and if I care about the planet, 
then why do I make the choices that I make and can I really justify them? If I'm totally honest, I think I had lost some of my fire and passion for activism that I'd had when I was in my early 20s and I'd spent the last five years focusing solely on my career and chasing personal success above everything else. So for me, my vegan journey at this time, um, it definitely began from this place of sustainability because with all of the protests that were happening about climate change and about how we're treating the environment and what it's doing to the earth, um, I started to do some research and I found, like I mentioned in the first episode, adopting a plant-based diet reduces your personal carbon footprint by 72%, which is a huge reduction. And I thought that is something that I can do. So it starts from this place of sustainability. And I kind of thought at the start of it too, when it was, you know, September 2019, I think the first week I was like, oh, I might just try and be a bit more flexitarian. Within two or three days, I was like, I'm 100% vegan. Like, I'm, I'm all the way there. Um, I honestly think being vegan is not that hard. And that's why I was like, I can do this. So I'm all the way there. And then I start to do some more research from there. And I watch some more documentaries. And I really start to research stuff because I wanted to establish what is my point of view um, when it comes to being vegan on the activism that some of these groups have engaged with? And I will do an episode later about this. We're not going to get into this completely here. But when you start to really dig into that research and you start to really look, because I think while we are all aware of what goes on with some factory farming and what goes on, um, you know, in slaughterhouses, like we, we know those facts seeing that happening in the documentaries like Dominion and Earthlings, um, seeing that actually happening, it's a very different thing. And it really does make you go, no, no, I just can't, I can't support that. I'm not all right with that. Um, so I would say that from the start of the journey this time around, it has been for sustainability by a couple of months in, I realized I am 100%. I'm vegan for the animals and then the earth, and then my health in that order. I think that a lot of vegans start from a place where they're like, well, I'm doing it for health and I'm going to give this a go, or I'm doing it for sustainability and I want to give this a go. The more you start to research, the more you do just wind up coming back to that main reason, that number one reason that people go vegan, and that is for the animals, because it's just horrendous the way that we treat them. It's absolutely horrifying. And... I don't think that you can really justify it. I think when we are still eating meat, when we're still in that phase of our life, um, we just don't think about it. That's what we do. We just go, I'm going to separate that because I don't want to really examine where that's coming from. And then you do start to delve into that research because you aren't eating meat anymore and you sort of, you can handle it a little bit better seeing what's really happening it does make you proper, like properly understand just how bad it is. I would say now, my reasoning, as I mentioned before, I am vegan 100% for the animals, then the earth, and then health in that order. Now, you might be wondering how I've coped this time around adopting a restrictive diet again after my struggles with eating disorders. And I have coped well. I am eating enough of the right things and the wrong things to have a good balance in my life. And I'm not going to say on here whether or not I've lost weight because I will not promote a number on a scale as a marker of health. 
That's what landed me in this mess all those years ago, and I won't lead anyone else down that path. I will say I feel healthy, full of energy, and very comfortable in my own skin. This was a bit of a hard episode to record, but I'm really glad that I did it. I think sometimes these are some big conversations. I didn't want to confuse people with um, the complicated nature of my particular story, having been vegan before and having struggled with some eating disorders and then coming back to it. But I think that, um, you know, it's an important thing that needs to be said sometimes. And I think it was worth saying Thank you for joining us for today's special episode. If you have any questions, you can hit me up on um, the Instagram account. Just DM me at Make Tain Traces of Soy. If you would like me to cover any topics, please DM me over there and I'll do a shout out for you. Um, And yeah, we will catch up with you in a week.